Welcome to Speak Strength, a podcast designed to encourage, motivate, and inspire you to a healthy lifestyle with your hosts, Jason Winley and Brittany Pender. Hey guys, this is Jason. And this is Brittany. And this is Speak Strength, episode four. Yeah, four, five. Yep. Four. Episode four. <laughs> so we'd like to thank you guys for listening in. And today's topic is going to be styles of training, also known as... Tools in the toolbox. Yeah. Tools in the toolbox. So we're going to give you guys different variations of how we approach training, some research-backed ideas, and why they are used and how they are used. So Brittany's going to start out with a couple. Go ahead and list yeah. all the ones so, you plan yeah, on talking about. Yeah, let's list the types of training. So we're going to cover Tabata, HIT, um, some sports performance, some bodybuilding, a little bit of everything. And it gives us an idea of how we use each of those particular styles to help reach the goals. Because mm-hmm. at the end of the day, each of these styles have to have some form of predictability for us to go for and use them. Right. So if we don't actually have any predictability, we're just throwing random stuff together yeah. and saying, hey, <laughs> do this and hope it works. Right. Yeah. At least there's some predictability when there's styles that have been researched. Mm-hmm. And one of the coolest ones that's been researched is Tabata. Yes. A lot of times you guys are here Tabata and kind of get it confused with just interval training. But it's a little more to Tabata than just interval training. Right. It can overlap interval training a little yes, bit. Yes, it can. It, it's, yeah. a, it's more of a style of interval training, but it has some very specifics mm-hmm. around it, right? Mm-hmm. You did some research. So, Go ahead and tell us yeah, a little I bit about what you Tabata got. Yeah, I researched Tabata, and I found that it was developed by Dr. Tabata himself. Um, he's a Japanese physician and researcher, and he found that doing 20 seconds of work and then 10 seconds of rest for eight rounds is very beneficial. Um, so it could be used on a bike, um, elliptical... What else were we talking um, about? Well, for us, we can um, use it as ropes. But if we're still going right, to talk about his, ropes, um, his research, he was using elite cyclists. And mm-hmm. he was trying to improve their... Well, it turned out, not that he was trying to, but what he found was that it increased their anaerobic threshold. Mm-hmm. And, and their VO2. And their VO2 max, which is actually really cool. Mm-hmm. In the four minutes? Yes. Right. So I guess if you're 20 seconds on, 10 seconds off for eight rounds gives you four yes. minutes. And they did it how many times a week? Um, Four. Four Four times times a week. week. For six weeks. Now, it's not necessarily saying that the general population only needs four minutes to get fit. Yeah. So let's definitely not put that That'd be awesome. (laughs) It would be amazing. Let me go do my four-minute workout. (laughs) Oh, man. We could do all sorts of things in four minutes. But the... um, The biggest benefit to it was that you had to do that 20 seconds at maximum effort. If they didn't do the maximum effort, they wouldn't get the same benefits as if they were doing somewhere around an 80% effort. So that's kind of where that history of Tabata comes from. But it's kind of in our current pop culture of fitness gets intertwined with the term HIT. Yes. What are the HIT being H-I-I-T? I've seen H-I-T-T. H-I-T. Just H-I-T. But it has a, <laughs> but it has an, it stands for something. Yes. It stands for the high in intensity, intensity interval, interval training. training. Yes. And it's not new. It's just been kind of branded that way for the past 10 decades right. or so where everybody's like, are you doing hit? I'm doing hit. Yeah. You know, you go hard for so long. <laughs> if but you're not doing hit, what are you doing? <laughs> seriously. But the, 
Swedish have been doing something very similar and even runners do something similar and they call it fartlek training where mm-hmm. you go really hard for a certain amount of time then you either take a rest or an active rest and you get right back into it. Right. Okay. And there's a reason for that. And the reason for HIT is the this thing that the our bodies do called EPOC. EPOC. Yes. <laughs> go ahead and give us the So, excessive post oxygen consumption. Yep, that's correct. And it's when your body after um, what is like physical demands after yeah, physical high exertion, intensity, high intensity yeah, exertion. Um, your body's trying to um, catch what's back it up, called? not reabsorb, but uh, come back to homeostasis, right? Maintain that level, so so it needs more oxygen again. Yes, and what ends up happening <laughs> is that time period that you're putting in work, the body goes into an oxygen deficit, mm-hmm. and some periods you don't necessarily need oxygen for that energy level. So if you're doing explosive work. Right. And not that you need to hold your breath, but there are movements you can do just that don't need oxygen. And to kind of prove that point to you, if you're at home and you have some space or you can go outside later today, hold your mm-hmm. breath and just run for six seconds. You can still do maximum effort at that yeah. six seconds or that 40 yards or however long you yeah. go for that time period. But then as soon as you open your uh, mouth again and stop holding your breath, you start breathing hard. Because your body's trying to get back that oxygen that you did not allow it to have right. when you were doing or when you were exerting that effort. Right. But so it's that's not, the theory behind. Yeah, the behind hit. exactly. Okay. Is to make sure that we get and we end up burning more calories in the long run, long term. The other alternative that also comes up with hit is that steady state cardio. Mm-hmm. And steady state cardio and hit have two very similar functions, but different ways to go about it. So when you do hit, you can kind of expect the the results, not the results, but the effects to last with 24 to 48 hours. When you're done with steady state cardio, that is all the calories you've burned for that day okay. or for that right. time period. Okay. Yeah. I personally love hit. I'll do it on the elliptical, on treadmill, maybe like 30 seconds on, 30, 30 seconds, seconds off, off stuff yeah. like that. It keeps it fun. And there's several different ways to do it. Like you said, an elliptical on the treadmill, we said battle ropes earlier, and you can take um, other exercises. Burpees, burpees. So stairmaster. Stairmaster is a really sorry. Good there's one. so many. <laughs> yeah, and you can push boxes, but mm-hmm. as we stated before, with hit, it's that burst of high intensity, right? Followed by a rest or recovery, and that rest mm-hmm. or recovery can be active. Okay. Doesn't have to be okay. um, mm-hmm. just full all out doing nothing for that rest period. Right. So with that, you can add that in, helps improve cardiovascular uh, um, capacity, helps improve anaerobic threshold. And then from there, we can move into uh, some bodybuilding splits. Mm -hmm. Okay. This is where a lot of people always get confused of, I just want to go light and do a lot of reps. (laughs) And so I don't get bulky. Oh, I hate when people say that. (laughs) So you think their bulk just came from... From yeah. one or two sessions. It didn't come from multiple sets of continuing to increase and grow and a couple other right. enhancements that we're not going to discuss on this episode. So with bodybuilding splits, and we say that because it's made popular by bodybuilders where bodybuilders do chest on one day, back mm-hmm. on another. Like bi- specific muscle groups for that. throughout the week. Absolutely. And um, with that, you kind of want to be careful if you... You can do multiple days of one particular body part, but if you go too hard, 
you may not have recovered enough to actually Mm -hmm. take it on the next later in the week. Yes. So a bodybuilding split might look like chest on Monday. Mm -hmm. And if you've been around some bros, (laughs) you know (laughs) that Monday is International Chest Day. And if you're a weightlifter, every day is leg day. (laughs) Just letting you know that. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) But when you're around those bros who want those beach muscles, those thighs, tries, chest, Mm -hmm. and abs, for some reason they seem to forget back. And everybody knows bros don't do legs. Can't forget back. You can't forget (laughs) back. (laughs) If you don't do your back, then your chest looks all rolled over. Yeah, not but good. <laughs> with the bodybuilding splits, you do have to be careful with that. And that's kind of mm-hmm. what we get to with that chest rolling over. Is it the bodybuilding splits, you fall into, there's a little less concentration on stretching. Mm-hmm. Okay. And, yeah, yeah. But it's not on purpose. So if you're going to do bodybuilding splits, you have to make sure that you also maintain that full range of motion. When you watch bros in the gym who do the half reps and <laughs> everything squeezes really, really tight. And you're like, ah. Yeah, a lot of grunting and going yes. on, but the half reps, but you want to make sure that even during the bodybuilding splits that you are, if you're doing bicep curl, you go all the way to full extension and then get fully flexed. Right. Okay. And then if you're doing a chest press, you want to, um, again, be fully, have your shoulders fully open to the bar, come down and then be able to contract all the way to the top of the mm-hmm. movement pattern. Range of motion matters when you're doing bodybuilding splits. You yeah. just wrote a program for yourself that you've done. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I'm on week four. Yes. Of how- six week program and this is kind of your first go at a bodybuilder split yeah. kind of yeah my how's it first going time ever it's good i can see a little bit of progress in a short amount of time which is awesome um but i'm not trying to overload too much right um like 2.5 five pounds on a weekly basis that's, yeah yeah which is fair and that's another thing with bodybuilder splits is you want to work in a range that is doable but you mm-hmm. feel taxed well the cool thing about the body is that it if You can average about a 10% adaptation to the next week. So you can kind of improve somewhere between, like you said, two and a half to five Mm -hmm. pounds, depending upon the muscle group that you're working in and how big of a capacity that particular muscle group has. Right. So that's pretty cool. What's been your favorite day so far? Um, I love back. I love training back and legs. Does that make you feel really strong when you... I got a good back day. Yeah, yeah. actually it does. Yeah. That's pretty <laughs> I cool. I love a back workout. All right. So we've gone from Tabata. Yes. We've gone from HIT. We've just hit bodybuilding mm-hmm. splits. And then we also get to move into sports performance. Sports performance is, is cool because you have to really take into account a whole bunch of different avenues. Yeah. Right. So like if you think about it's exciting, it is exciting. <laughs> if you think about the different sports, they all have different demands on mm-hmm. the body. Um, like tennis is short bursts of sprints, no more than probably eight yards at a time. Yeah. And yeah. then um, if you go for a rally or what, I think that's what it's called. Right. Where mm-hmm. the ball goes back and forth. You're probably talking yeah. no more than a minute and a half to two minutes of like actual play. Yeah. But it's really intense. So their training might be different than a soccer player who i say different there's going to be a lot of similarities but still a soccer player is on the the field for 45 minutes at a half before they actually Mm -hmm. get a break and then they go and it could be that they're running for anywhere between five to seven or eight and sometimes 10 miles per game wow yeah yeah very different styles of training (laughs) it is but so if you take those different demands into account you'd have to train for them somehow so it's good for 
tennis players to have some aerobic capacity because aerobic capacity helps recover Mm -hmm. even if they're doing an anaerobic um, activity like sprints. So they might be going hard for two minutes, but if their aerobic capacity is improved, the rest period is a lot more beneficial so they can hop back out on the the court. Mm -hmm. But then we're talking about um, from Tabata, what was one of the things we talked about, the anaerobic threshold? Yes. Mm -hmm. But a tennis player's anaerobic threshold has to be extremely high. I'm not saying a soccer player's anaerobic threshold doesn't have to be high, but their bouts of sprints can be, for soccer players, is is kind of tapered off in between the time that the ball's on their side of the field to the time they okay. move yeah. back to the mm-hmm. um, back of the right. back of the field. And tennis is just nonstop go, go, go for that two minutes, and then you get the rest period. Okay. Mm-hmm. And a soccer player will have a little bit more time for that active rest mm-hmm. where they will sprint Let's say they do a 40-yard, 50-yard sprint down the field, and if the ball is somewhere out of play or somewhere where they're not necessarily active, physically active in the play, then they may be jogging back or taking a walk right. back into a okay. position that mm-hmm. allows them to catch their mm-hmm. breath and get their rest. Yeah. So both of them both require some cardiovascular capacity, but the demands in which they sprint are different. Again, we may be talking about the difference between a runner and a sprinter also for mm-hmm. sport specific training. Now a sprinter is required to be explosive. Right. So they might run anywhere from a hundred meters to 200 meters. Okay. And those take a lot more quick fire mm-hmm. uh, muscle fibers. Right. And so in the training, we'll take that into account. And then a long distance runner who is running uh, somewhere between 1600 meters to 3,200 meters their training is not going to involve near as much explosive work as a sprinter's work. Mm-hmm. So when we take them in and we take their assessment into account, we're going to kind of address those individual aspects. Right, for their specific needs. Right, long-distance runner needs cardio. The sprinter will need some cardio, but they also need to make sure that their cardio does not interfere with their ability to be explosive. Mm -hmm. And those can have two counteracting, um, I guess, physiological responses. Mm -hmm. Same thing with um, a weightlifter versus a long-distance runner. Yes. And the football, and football positions also require different demands. Okay. Mm -hmm. And um, a lineman doesn't have to be able to sprint a Mm 40-yard dash. Right. In... Sub five seconds. Yeah. And, but a wide receiver or running back will need to yes, be extremely for fast. Sure. Yeah. yeah. So there's differences <laughs> there. So when we're training for sports performance, you're going to take into account what exactly the demands of the sport are. Mm-hmm. And the structure of the programming is going to be based around that. Yes. But most of the time, our goal for sports performance is longevity. Mm-hmm. How long can the athlete last on the field? Right. And then how long can they actually last playing the sport can they yes. play the sport for five to six years at that level 10 years mm-hmm. at that level yes if they're playing they've been at it for six years and they're considered old in the sport what are the demands and how do we need to change training so that they can last longer and maybe another four or five right. years in the sport because as we get older we still have to make adaptate our body makes has to make adaptations or we have to make adaptations to how mm-hmm. we train As to we adjust for aging yeah no those are all really good factors to keep in mind when training for an athlete for a sport so yeah yes so as we continue to close out today was 
tools in the toolbox. Yes. (laughs) So thank you guys for listening to Styles of Training. We hope that you're able to use a couple of these styles when you're training, maybe mix them up in there and kind of figure out how they work with you and how your body adjusts and adapts to each of those styles of training. Uh, We started with Tabata. Go ahead and give me a definition of Tabata. What's that? Tabata, 20 seconds or 10 seconds off for eight rounds. And then hit. High intensity interval training. So go all out um, for maybe a minute and then rest a minute. And then there was bodybuilding splits. Mm -hmm. And that's going to be important with um, intensity, frequency. And volume. And volume, yes. Which we didn't really discuss on the show, but we can actually do an episode on intensity, frequency, and volume in training um, on the next episode. And then sports performance. So find out what the demands of your sport are and -hmm. then address each of those demands in your training program, program. So we hope you guys have a wonderful day. Yes. I'm Jason. And I'm Brittany. And you can catch us on Instagram. I'm Jay underscore Wenley. And I'm Chin underscore Up Chick. And you can find Body Shop Athletics X on Instagram at Body Shop X. Thank you guys for listening. Thank you. Have a wonderful week.